Me, Myself, and I, a Nintendo podcast, is a passion project brought to you by a fellow gamer just like yourself. To support this podcast, follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Subscribe to Hitbox Detective on YouTube and follow me on Twitter at Hitbox Detective. I know everyone says this, but I truly mean it when I say your support means the world to me. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome. This is episode two of Me, Myself, and I, a Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Ben, aka the Hitbox Detective, and this is a weekly show where I go over Nintendo news, um, the latest Switch games, share what I've been playing, and end on a segment I like to call Switch It Up, where I go on to the Nintendo Switch online uh, game library and suggest a game for you all to check out. Uh, new episodes go live everywhere Mondays at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That way you can start your week off on the right foot. Um, This is still a relatively new podcast, and I would like to answer listener questions, comments, and concerns. So if you'd like to write into the show, you can do so by emailing me at memyselfandi.pod at gmail.com. And that's me, M-I-I. You can also leave a comment on a YouTube video or tweet at me at HitboxDetective. Um, This is the day after Christmas, so this is December 26th. I uh, am a little jittery. I'm like fueled only on coffee. I woke up at like 5.30 a.m. this morning, got all of my stuff, and then drove from Wilmington, North Carolina, back to the Outer Banks where I live. And so uh, it's been a weird day uh, already, but just a lot of time in the car by myself, listening to podcasts and uh, thinking about this show. And like, you know, I kind of raced home so I could do this. Um, I wanted to... um, you know, stay on. I just started the podcast last week and I didn't want to miss a week, uh, already. So I, um, just raced home and I had two days with family, had a great time. Um, I hope everybody out there that went home for the holidays had a good time. Even if you didn't, uh, you know, I know what it's like to live in a strange place away from family and kind of miss out on it. So, um, you know, I'm with you in spirit, you know, you're not alone in that, um, and uh, hopefully you found a way to uh, get yourself in the Christmas spirit or do something that you really enjoy to kind of take your mind off of things because being away from home around the holidays can be tough. Um, So, yeah, you are loved, you are cared about, uh, and I hope you enjoyed your time. Um, So, uh, man, I do want to say off the top of the show, I'm going to get into it a little bit later, but, uh, you know, I went out of town and my sister's boyfriend, uh, he is a big time gamer and I watched him play Destiny 2 on his Xbox Series X for a while and it was really cool to see somebody that plays Destiny on that level because I'm not, you know, I've, I've gone in and out on Destiny but there are times in my life where I feel like I was really into Destiny and I know that you can't play Destiny on Nintendo consoles so just bear with me, this is kind of gaming in general. Um, you know, I thought I played Destiny, but watching him play Destiny, like, I haven't even scratched the surface of that game, and I felt like I was, like, doing my weekly challenges, knocking stuff out, and I was really kind of just taken aback by how much uh, he does. You know, what I would do in a week is, like, his first day, you know, like, with the update. I think they update every, like, Tuesday or Wednesday, and he is, like, off to the races. What I was doing in Destiny is he would be, like, that's all you're doing. You're not even really playing, you know, but the gameplay was just so solid that 
what I was doing, I was happy with, you know? But aside from that, I want to say my Switch held it down for me. You know, I, I downloaded or uh, I had bought a game to try out. I had bought Super Mario Odyssey because I had never... I had never played it before, and I really wanted to just dive into it over this break. And uh, between that and Axiom Verge, um, the Switch held it down. And I'll get more into that when I get to what I've been playing. But I uh, right before I left, I didn't have a case for my OLED, and I wanted something. I got this Breath of the Wild case at Walmart, like right before, for $17. It was a crazy deal. And... Uh, the Switch held it down. Shout out to the Switch, man. This Everybody talks about the portability of the Xbox Series S. And while it is great and it's really tiny, I, th I think you would be out of your mind to say that there's a better portable console than the Nintendo Switch. I had family members being oh, that's what Mario looks like now? That's awesome. That's great. You could just play that like that? Yeah, yeah, you can. The Switch is awesome, you know? Everybody, people would watch my sister's boyfriend play Destiny and kind of just like be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. It's cool that games look like that. But they were more taken aback by the portability that the Switch has. And for me, you know, I haven't traveled with a Switch like that. And if, if I think the last time I took a trip and had a handheld console with me for the journey and I actually ended up playing it was maybe the 3DS around the time Ultra Sun had come out. And nobody was blown away by that. People were blown away by that Switch. And it, it might be the OLED screen. I don't think a lot of people are used to seeing screens that pretty. And I still say, that OLED, my OLED Switch screen, the best screen in the house, bar none. That's a TCL right there if, if for the people watching on YouTube. Uh, that's a TCL, not a great display. It does 4K. It's an alright TV. It's serviceable, but the Switch is the best screen in the house right now, which is kind of sad. I got to change that. One of these days, I'm going to upgrade the TV. I don't know if I'll go full OLED, but I'll get something. Anyway, um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the news because there's been some stuff going on, uh, mainly, um, let's see, the uh, Nintendo eShop had an outage. Uh, at this point, I, I think the article says, yeah, it's become a Christmas tradition. Uh, luckily I bought, cause I, I did go into the eShop and spend a little bit of Christmas money and I bought Axiom Verge because I hadn't played it before and I always wanted to. And now that I've played, uh, Metroid Dread, I figured, you know, I wanted to play Metroidvanias, but I, I didn't want the first one I played to be kind of like an offshoot of sorts. So I, I I held off on Axiom Verge for a really long time. And I was like, you know what? Today's the day. I'm buying it. It was on sale for like $7.99 or something like that. And then I also picked up Cyber Shadow because I have Game Pass and I know that it's on Game Pass. But to me, Cyber Shadow feels more like a Switch game, like it, especially like a handheld thing to play on vacation or something. But um I don't know, those kind of games, like a Metroidvania-style thing, I want to play on, an, on a Nintendo console. Um, it just it feels right. I don't know, maybe that's silly. But I bought those, and I didn't have any issues, but I bought those Christmas Eve. So I, I, I 
Christmas Day, I knew not to get on there because Nintendo had actually put out a kind of like a warning. Um, and the translated bit is here, but their customer service tweeted out this weekend, uh, access will be constant or access will be, I don't think this translation is very accurate. I probably should have found a better tweet. Um, but they knew that people firing up their switch on Christmas day, there were going to be a lot of people doing that and it was probably going to be an issue and they were right. Um, the unfortunate thing is not a lot of people, especially families and like dads and moms that are buying these Nintendo consoles for their children. They're not monitoring Twitter for customer service tweets. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm pretty into the gaming space and this stuff for the most part, these warnings I saw come from like news outlets or media outlets that were posting about it. And somebody that just bought an OLED or a switch light for their kid isn't going to be following these things. So it's one of those things of like it, the outage has become a tradition and we have all come to expect it in the gaming space. But for the people that don't know, you would think Nintendo, this like family first console or like a video game company would take it more into consideration. The people that aren't keeping up with gaming and aren't, like uh, checking the news all the time to see these things, you would think that they would take measures around the holidays to reinforce the servers or do whatever you have to do. You know, I, I'm sure that Xbox and PlayStation experienced some weirdness yesterday to a degree, but I didn't see any articles about it. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It, it's to me, it's kind of like you want to, you understand because it's like I'm sure they sold a lot of consoles and a lot of people got them yesterday and turned them all on. And that that is a lot for the servers to take. But it's kind of like Nintendo, get your shit together. Like instead of putting out a tweet saying like, hey, go ahead and set up your switches now in advance so that your kids can pick up and play. You They have to acknowledge on some level that people are not paying that close attention to the Twitter accounts for the customer service page. Because if you go to Nintendo and like, if I go to Nintendo of America on here and scroll, I guarantee you that, yep. There's them addressing it that they're like, we're, we're working on it. Just hang in there. I'm going to scroll to like five days out. I think is when I started seeing people report on this stuff. The Nintendo of America page, that's where everybody's going to be going for this news. Or that's who they're going to be following or subscribing to. I doubt they're going to be following the customer service page for the, for Nintendo. That's when when you type it in Nintendo, that's not what you think to pull up. And yes, 5 days or 6 days ago they said have a new Nintendo Switch for the holidays. Whether it's your first Nintendo Switch system or an additional one, here's some info to help you out. If you click that, it just takes you to a page to help you set up. It's not really a warning being like, hey, this is probably going to be a problem for a lot of people on the day of. Maybe tend to that, but their customer service page was tweeting about it like crazy. 
So it's, I don't know, to me, it's a bit weird. Sorry, you may have just gotten a flash of the next topic, but uh, if you're watching the video, but I don't know. I mean, it's the holidays. A lot of people are firing it up and a lot of people aren't checking the news like that. So maybe cut them some slack, but I think that they can do more. I think if this, that the fact that this is becoming a, tra- a Christmas tradition, it's not endearing. At first glance, if it sounds endearing, you're like, oh yeah, it's becoming a Christmas tradition. But there are a lot of people that are were probably super bummed out that they got their switch, uh, and they weren't able to hop onto the eShop and spend a little bit of their Christmas money on the game that they didn't get. You know that their parent didn't think about getting for them. You know if they were looking forward to playing. You know, I'm trying to think of things that I saw that were on sale. Like, say they really wanted to play like um. Axiom Verge or Cyber Shadow and they went to the store and they couldn't download it. That would have been a bummer, you know, um, because all they got was Mario Party, you know, which is, you know, not a knock against Mario Party, but they wanted to play a little something on their own and they weren't able to. Uh, but to, I probably should have jumped on the Switch eShop just to see exactly how bad it was because I was on... Christmas Eve, no problems, but that's not, that's not when it's a problem. So I probably should have checked it out. Um, but hopefully next year we have something different to talk about and that hopefully it doesn't go down because they've done something about it. That would be really cool to see Nintendo kind of turn that around and be like, last year was not a train wreck, but it wasn't ideal. And hopefully they can do something to kind of correct the ship in that regard, because I think as much as Nintendo knows that they've got us, we want to play their games. They know it more so than even PlayStation who has great exclusives. They, they know to a degree like, yeah, our our exclusives kind of make up for some of our missteps, but uh, you could very easily go over to Xbox right now. They've got Halo. They've got Forza. They've got a lot of exclusives down the pipe. If sometimes people say that nobody really competes with Nintendo, and while sometimes I think I agree with that, they're still in the same space, and they should—they're uh, in the space of selling us software. All of these companies sell their consoles at a loss because they know they make up for it on the back end. And yes, they have software that everybody wants, but. I'm sure there was someone out there that was like, man, fuck this switch yesterday. Like just got frustrated with it and might put it down. They'll pick it back up in a week or something like that. But there had to be somebody that was just too frustrated. It was like, man, I should have just got the Xbox. It was the same price. I could have just got them a series S and they probably would have not had any of these issues. Um, yes, they couldn't play uh, Mario golf, but they could have played Halo. They could have got Game Pass. Had a whole library at their disposal. Much bigger than the Switch Online service. I don't know. I love Nintendo. They can do better, I think. In this regard, for sure. But, next. In lighter news. Something a little more optimistic. Uh, Nintendo. Let's close that. Uh, is uh, Quote, unquote, 
very excited about 2022 and also that Zelda is likely on track, um, which is exciting. Oh, let me keep that up there. But um, this was cool. I, I went ahead and looked ahead to see what big games are coming out that are like Nintendo exclusives that really we should be looking forward to and that they're right. They have all the right to be excited about 2022. I think 2022 is a big year for these consoles, you know, between PlayStation and Xbox and Switch. Um, so, you know, Switch has been out for a while, but um, to stay competitive with everything that's going on, they kind of had to have some big headers. And when I look at this list, they really do. Um, you know, it starts off Pokemon Legends Arceus. I don't know if all these are in order of release, so don't hold it to that. But just listen to this list of games. It's it's going to be a big year for Switch. I'm really excited that I started this podcast when I did because I'll get to cover all of this. Um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Breath of the Wild 2, Splatoon 3, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, Bayonetta 3, Mario plus Rabbids Spark of Hope, uh, <laughs> for some reason, I wrote pun intended after that. Mario plus Rabbit's Spark of Hope. Oh, <laughs> I know why. Um, it, it, it it's actually the next topic. Uh, but anyway, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Trust me, and I'll circle back. Um, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which I'm really excited about. Very similar to Sonic Frontiers, Kirby looks a little out of place in this world, but I'm excited, uh, tentatively. I'm, I'm just looking for, I like Kirby, and I like like Nightmare and Dreamland, and I think I actually have a cart for Nightmare and Dreamland that's like, it was like chewed by a dog, but if you plug it in just right, it still works, and I love that game. That was my like middle school bus ride game that I would just crack out on. Um, and then Metroid Prime 4. I'll run through it really quick one more time. Pokemon Legends Arceus, Breath of the Wild 2, Splatoon 3, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, Bayonetta 3, Mario Plus Rabbids Spark of Hope, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and Metroid Prime 4. Those are huge titles coming to Switch this year. And I think Nintendo has all the right to say that they're excited about this year. It's going to be a big year. A lot of software sold. I think most people that are that like Pokemon are going to play Legends Arceus. People that have soured on Pokemon are going to pl- or check out Legends Arceus because it's different. Breath of the Wild 2, the follow-up to a huge Legend of Zelda game that a lot of people really enjoyed. And that are kind of, I don't know if you all, the fans have seen it, but a lot of people are starting to say it's not that great, which is kind of like the opposite of what usually happens with Nintendo games. So it'll be interesting to see if that affects Breath of the Wild 2 at all. But I think a lot of people are going to check it out. Uh, Splatoon 3, probably the premier multiplayer game outside of Smash Bros. But like, because, you know, Nintendo doesn't have like a, a shooter. Splatoon 3 is as close as we're getting to a shooter right now. And as much inexperience as I have with it, I know that people like it. Um, So it'll be interesting. Splatoon 3, if I'm being honest, seems like the weakest on this list. But I may may be wrong in that. 
um, potentially Advance Wars. Maybe because it's been so long since we've gotten an Advance Wars game that people might not know. And nostalgia might be the fuel to its sales. But I'm looking forward to that because Advance Wars is a game that I played, never beat, never really got that deep into. But always when I would see it would be really interested in it. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how that release comes out. And I'm looking forward to playing that game. Um, Bayonetta 3, I'm going to be honest, I haven't played the other Bayonettas, but I know Bayonetta is huge. If you spend any time on gaming Twitter, you know people love Bayonetta, so that's a huge title. Um, Mario plus Rabbids, uh, the first one, I forget what it's called. It's on sale. I've been meaning to buy it to check it out because I've never played it, and I know a lot of people like it because it's kind of like an XCOM. It's XCOM with Mario and Rabbids. And that might be, you know, I'm going to get into a story about Ubisoft next. Um, And I think, you know, it's called Spark of Hope. That's a spark of hope for Ubisoft. And it's cool that Nintendo is still trying to work with them to make that game. Because I know a lot of people enjoyed it. And it might be the spark of hope for the people that work at Ubisoft, not the company, but the people that work there. I'm sure they're having fun making that game. Um, so it's cool that that's the title. It might even be a week, like a wink and, the, and a nod to the fans. Um, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. A, a shakeup like Kirby in the Forgotten Land for the Kirby franchise. A lot of people are going to be interested and jump into that. So that's going to be huge. And then Metroid Prime 4, are you kidding me? If they put out the trilogy remastered right before, not a shadow drop necessarily, but maybe like a Nintendo Direct two weeks out, let us know it's coming. And then Metroid Prime 4 drops later that year. That's going, especially after what just happened with Dread, that's going to be huge. People are going to love that. So, yeah, Nintendo, you've got all the right to be excited. They've earned that one with that lineup. Anyway, move on to the next topic. Um, This is via Eurogamer. Uh, Ubisoft staff leaving in Exodus, or or leaving in what is quote-unquote the Great Exodus. Um, The story written by Ed Nightingale, great last name, um, says, Staff are leaving Ubisoft in what's been dubbed the Great Exodus. As reported by Axios, there's been a wave of resignation from the company over the past 18 months at all levels of the business. A range of reasons have been cited for departures, including low pay, competitive opportunities elsewhere, frustration at the company's creative direction, and unease at its handling of workplace misconduct. Um, I'm not going to go into this whole story because there's a lot going on, um, but they've been getting into NFTs. And all sorts of stuff that I think a lot of people just find gross. And that they haven't been doing a lot with the titles. Like, remember the art games that Ubisoft used to come out with? Like, what's a... What's a... Damn. There was Child of Light. There was... It's not the Great War. But it's like... 
something about valor, valiant hearts, valiant hearts. There were like these really cool art games that were coming out like Rayman Legends. Was that what it was called? Rayman Legends? Hold on. Rayman Legends? Yeah, Rayman Legends. Okay. So they were hitting their stride, doing a lot of cool stuff, and I think that Ubisoft and their their team of developers and studios have probably been a little upset at where they've been going. And if, you know, if they're paying if they're not paying well and they're competitive opportunities elsewhere then a frustration with the creative direction is kind of hard to overlook. And then if you're also, you know, handling workplace misconduct inappropriately or in a un, like an unsavory way, people aren't going to be happy with that. And it's really unfortunate, you know. I hope Ubisoft does some cool stuff periodically, and I know a lot of people like Assassin's Creed, even though it's never been for me, and there are a lot of good people and creative developers that are working there. And it's unfortunate that uh, it's good that they're finding other opportunities. I hope that most of the people that are working there are leaving to go work somewhere else, just, you know, accepting a contract with another company or something. But I don't know, man, that uh, this one's tough. This is, you know, it's at least they have the option to leave. I mean, everybody's got the option to leave their job, but most people won't leave their job if they don't have something else lined up. Things have to be really bad, and you never want things to be that bad that people just leave without having a backup plan. And I hope these people are leaving because they have something else to go to. They're not just leaving because they're so frustrated with everything that's going on. I don't know. It's unfortunate, but... We don't have to stick around on the down note that is that. We can move on to uh, Time Magazine put out a list of the 10 best video games of 2021. And you know who won that? You want to know who won that? Let's scroll past all these great games and get down to the bottom. It's Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread was crowned number one in Time Magazine's best games of 2021. That's really exciting because Metroid Dread is my pick for game of the year this year. You know, not, you know, people can debate art style, they can debate resolution, they can debate performance and what, it, but on a personal level, I think Metroid Dread hit all of these, you know, 60 frames per second on the Switch, looked beautiful, docked and in handheld, especially on the OLED that it launched on, you know, if you bought a new OLED and wanted to play something new, Metroid Dread was right there to play. Um, and the gameplay is rock solid, so much fun. And I pick it for game of the year, put all that stuff aside because of how much fun I had playing it and learning it. And the mixture of the frustration of, the game being difficult and me getting better and growing and feeling like I had conquered new territory where, you know, for me, I made a video called I finally beat a Metroid game because I had played them in the past and really liked them and enjoyed the world and characters, but never beat one. And I finally did it. 
you know, no walkthroughs, just got through it and learned how to play the game. And I feel like now I understand them a lot more. And, you know, while Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Returnal and Hitman 3 and all these games are really awesome, it's cool to see not only Metroid win, but also get the sales to back it up. Get And they're just, they're getting their flowers. And I can really appreciate that. And I love that for Metroid because... I loved that game. I loved what Mercury Steam did with that game, and I can't wait for them to make more. So seeing all this stuff, especially from some a publication like Time Magazine, that's huge. That's really, really huge, and I'm stoked for them because that means more Metroid, and I'm here for that. Um, if you haven't played Metroid Dread, give it a shot. You know, it might not, especially with articles like this coming out, it's probably not going on sale anytime soon. So if you have a little bit of Christmas money to burn, if you, if you were to ask me, I'd say, if you haven't played Metroid Dread, play it. It's my favorite game on Switch right now. And I'm, I'm giving it a little time before I jump into a second run because I would like to try to speed run it and see how far I can get, but I may have to do a little bit of a refresher before I really try to do that. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that story because it's cool that someone like Time Magazine would acknowledge Metroid Dread in that way and not just go with, you know, some something that's, like, I would say easier, easier to just say, like Halo Infinite or Ratchet & Clank, which didn't even make the list, which is crazy. It's crazy that Ratchet & Clank didn't make the list when Chicory did. You know, I, t I talked about that yesterday, or not yesterday, but on, on the last episode. Chicory beat Ratchet and Clank? I find that hard to believe. Maybe I got to check out this game, but I don't know. I just think may maybe somebody sees that and they go, uh, I don't know if I can trust this list, but I don't know. It's cool. To, I would agree with them that Metroid Dread is the best game this year from a, a gameplay standpoint. It's feature complete. It's beautiful for what it is, you know, with the, the artistic vision. They stuck to it. It runs great. Super fun. Engaging. And it has tons of replayability. So anyway, move on to the next story. A limited time Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl statue distribution event has begun. Um, the offer ended December 25th. I didn't read that before, so I'm just going to go ahead and skip this story. Man, that kind of sucks. I was looking forward to this, but the offer ended. What was it? Oh, okay. Sorry. Sometimes I just pull stories, and I probably should have sifted through this one. Chalk this up to a learning lesson for me. Second episode. But, dang, that's unfortunate. I wish I had caught that sooner. But, yeah, if you're into the statues and everything, hopefully you caught this um, mystery gift event. But I missed it. And, uh, to be honest, I don't care. This side of Pokemon, I don't really get into. I'm more of a play the game, get through the story, beat the Elite Four, play some post game get basically do as much as you can in the 
story-based competitive side, if that makes sense at all. And then I kind of fizzle out. That's that's what I'm in it for. The occasional battle with a friend. You know, usually I'll I'll play Pokemon and be like, hey, okay, so we don't tell each other our team. We stay quiet about it. As soon as you beat the Elite Four, stop playing. Don't do anything else. We meet up and we go toe-to-toe. Your team that beat the Elite Four versus my team that beat the Elite Four. Let's see how that goes down. And uh, that's kind of how I play Pokemon. But, damn. And it's right there, too. I really wish I would have seen that. So, hopefully you got it. I won't stick around on this story for too much longer. Uh, Let's move on. To NG Dev announces new HD shoot-em-up Gunvane. And it's coming to Nintendo Switch in 2022. I I briefly checked out this game to see what was going on with it. And it does look really cool. Um, If you're watching the video side of this, you can see me playing the trailer. It, it, you know, it's that vertical scrolling kind of shoot 'em up game. Um, really cool. You know, I don't have too much experience playing these, um, but I grew up playing games like it and I really do like it. So I think I like the ones that are scrolling to the side a little bit more. Um, trying to think of a game like a, like a Habroxia 2, um, a game like that. Or, you know, I even looked at some of their previous works, uh, this Ryzen X, um, which I think if I click on, it may take me to a trailer. No, it didn't. Anyway, um, the game looks cool. It's coming out next year. I think it was, this is how they announced. Yeah, they announced it. Um, they showed off that work in progress teaser. Um, yeah, it looks cool. And if that's your cup of tea, I wanted to keep you abreast of that announcement. Because it looked pretty cool. And if you're looking for something to play in the meantime to check out, if you're feeling like a shoot 'em up vibe, uh, Konami's greatest shoot 'em up is coming to the Nintendo Switch this week. I understand greatest is a subjective term, but this one's more of like the side scrolly, uh, you know, instead of moving up and going vertical, this is, you know, going from left to right. And, uh, Looks pretty cool. You know, it's a retro game. Art style looks cool. Um, It looks a little slower paced. But if that's your vibe, you can check this out because it's coming to Switch this week. Um, It says the Arcade Archives. What are the Arcade Archives? Hold on, I'm going to pull this up. Every Arcade Archive game on Nintendo Switch plus our top picks. Hamsters Arcade Archives releases bringing arcade classics to the Switch eShop. What's more, the series includes previously unreleased or hard-to-find arcade games from Nintendo itself. Having been so much, so well acquainted with many of the NES versions, it's been wonderful to rediscover these games in their original and sometimes quite different arcade form over the past few years. How did I not know about this? So the Arcade Archives, that's really cool. Wow. There are a lot of games here. Like, Don- like uh, I'm noticing the Donkey Kongs, Double Dragon, um, Earth Defense Force, Excite Bike. Wow. That's really cool. I d- did not realize that this was a thing. But this is good. You know, this is kind of the whole point of this podcast is to get more entrenched in Nintendo. Because 
I do love Nintendo and their games, but it's really cool to learn something new, especially live on the podcast like this. This is cool. Okay. Right on. Well, I forget how to pronounce this game. X Zexx? Zezex? Because sometimes an X is like a Z sound. I don't know. But Zezex? X. Do they have a phonetic pronunciation listed anywhere? <laughs> but anyway, you might want to check that one out. Pretty cool. And then the last topic for the day is uh, a game called Blackwind is out on Nintendo Switch next month. Um, this looked interesting. I'm really, I'm not too interested in it, but I put, I figured I'd add it to the story just because it's in a new announcement coming to the console. Somebody, it looks pretty, but this might be up your alley. Um, it looks, it, it looks like a mech game. Um, and it's releasing digitally on January 20th, uh, the 21st in Europe. Um, Oh, wait, that's at retail in Europe. Huh. So digitally here in the States, but retail elsewhere. Huh. Oh, and North American copies are arriving at a later date. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I like mech games. This one looks like an isometric mech game uh, from Blowfish Studios. Looks interesting. I'm probably... uh, not going to check it out, but figured I'd share it with y'all in case you wanted to. Um, but unfortunately that kind of wraps up the news for the week. It's, you know, it's the week before Christmas or the week of Christmas. So you kind of expect it to be a bit of a slower week. Um, so there's still quite a bit announced, some stuff going on, some bigger stories. Um, but another week and gaming. Another week in Nintendo gaming. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of the news. Let's move on to a special end of the year segment um, that I figured I would do because it's kind of a slower week. Um, and it's going to be my favorite Switch games of 2021 per month. So I'm going to go week to week or month to month. <laughs> I'm going to go month to month and kind of I went through a list of all the games that came out the entire year on the switch and then picked one for every month that I thought either interest me the most, or I actually played it and really loved it. And it was my favorite game of the month. Um, but you know, this is for the ones that I haven't played. It's kind of like, these are the games that came out that month that I would consider to be in my backlog of sorts. Um, but starting off uh, on that list is a little game called, whoops, <laughs> Cyber Shadow. Uh, Cyber Shadow I bought um, yesterday, or the 24th, I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, published by Yacht Club Games. I forget the developer name just popped up, but it has the vibe of Ninja Gaiden and Mega Man kind of blended together. And that interests me a lot. And the art style is beautiful. I mean, look at this game. Oh, wait, I don't even have it pulled up. Oh, my gosh, I'm an idiot. There we go. Here, I'm going to take it from the top. 
This is this is podcasting, folks. Uh, <laughs> bear with me. I'm still learning how to do all this properly. But for the audio-only listeners, uh, it's a beautiful pixel art art style. Um, it looks like it's by Mechanical Head, published by Yacht Club Games. Um, a mixture of Ninja Gaiden and Mega Man um, looks really cool. I've been wanting to check this out for a while because it was on Xbox Game Pass, but I just never got around to it. Uh, and now that I'm getting more and more entrenched in the Nintendo ecosystem, I was like, this is a game I want to play on Switch for sure. So I'm going to check this one out, and I'm sure when I do, it'll be in my what I'm playing segment of the show, and I'll detail it a little bit more. But, man, it's just so pretty. Looks awesome. Everything I've heard about it, people praise it, and they're like, when it came to Game Pass, people couldn't shut up about it. They were like, wow, this game is so great. You have to check it out. Um, and I, I can't wait. It looks so cool. And, like, Cyber Shadow, you're playing, like, a a robotic ninja. The I think that the, the Mega Man Ninja Gaiden comparisons are fair. I think that's kind of probably the whole idea of this game is to make a game like that. But I bought it on the eShop. It was on sale. It was maybe like $14.99, something like that. The sale is going on for seven days. Uh, so it would be six days now. Tomorrow when this podcast goes live, it's still on sale. So if that interests you at all, check it out uh, because it looks really cool. That came out in January uh, on Nintendo Switch. Um, and I think everywhere else as well. But let's see. Next on the list is a little game that I know a lot of people like that I'm going to get around to at some point, And that's Super Mario 3D World plus ba Bowser's Fury. Uh, came out in February. Um, and, you know, the first, what, half of the game, the Super Mario 3D World is a port of the Wii U uh, Super Mario 3D World game brought to Switch. And then they also added in Bowser's Fury, which uh, I just saw somebody tweeting about yesterday and they were praising it for how good it is. They were like, like, it's good, good. So that got me excited to finally get around to playing that. And um, that's on my list. I consider this like a backlog game that like I have to get to. Um, especially Super Mario 3D World. I think I played it at a friend's house. I was out of town in LA and she had to work so I had kind of the day to myself and um played like a little bit of Super Mario or not Super Mario. I played a little bit of Mario Kart and then this was also there and I think I checked it out at the time. I know I've dabbled in it. I just don't exactly remember where I was, and I think that that was it. But it looks really cool. Um, I'm just kind of watching the trailer right now, holding a cup of coffee that I'm going to take a sip of real quick. But looks cool, especially with how much I'm enjoying Super Mario Odyssey, which I'll get into a little bit later. I'm... Uh, interested in checking out all the different types of Mario games. And so since this is a blind spot for me, I'm looking forward to checking this one out. And uh, especially Bowser's Fury. Like that one just has me jazzed. Like, can I skip ahead to where that is? 
Yeah, here we go. Okay, so it's going to get into some Bowser's Fury, which I'm guessing this is like an additive thing to 3D World, so it functions very much the same way from on like a gameplay side of things, but just expands the story. Um, and that kind of looks like what it is. So 3D World, I saw a lot of side-scroll kind of stuff, but I'm guessing there is like the 3D nature of it as well, which would make sense, 3D World. Um, but it looks like almost like a blending of the two instead of where Odyssey seems more in line with like Super Mario 64, which is way more open world. This seems a little bit like a, we're going to blend the two and kind of bounce back and forth. And um, Looks like it has some co-op for two players. You get to play as Bowser Jr. and a little floaty device. I like stuff like that. That makes me like really want to end up playing this with my niece when she gets older. I don't know. It looks cool. But I'll go ahead and move on to the next game on the list. Let me close that one out and open it up. And in March, best game, I feel, that came out that month for Switch, was Monster Hunter Rise. Um, I played Monster Hunter World, and I remember being at a friend's house, and we went over to a neighbor's house, and he had a kid that was playing Monster Hunter on PSP. This is like maybe back in like 2008, 2009. And I was like, wow, that looks cool. And then I, I enjoyed World, but my friends and I kind of fell off. I think something came, else came out, and I was wanting to check it out and get into it. And so I think Monster Hunter Rise is a game that I'm going to check out and spend some time with. Um, I would consider it part of my backlog as well. And, oh, wow, you could ride wyverns? That's cool. See, it just looks cool, and I really did enjoy it. And, like, um, I like the idea of, like, going out and doing a run collecting things and like taking down a monster and going back to your base and kind of preparing for the next outing. That's really cool. The gameplay loop of that just seems really cool. And I'm looking forward to checking that out finally. I mean, this just looks so cool and maybe it's on sale. I need to check. I need to check and see if it's on sale and uh, if it is scoop it up and when I get time, go for it. Um, but for April, a little game that I've still been meaning to check out. There's a lot of games on this list I've been meaning to check out, by the way. But it would be Pokemon Snap. Um, Pokemon Snap, dude. This is a game that when it came out on Nintendo 64, I like had to have. And I was always like, you know, this is before I was looking up walkthroughs and stuff like that. So I would always find something new. Like you would just experiment. Th throw a Pokeball in the lava and a puff of smoke that looks like a coughing would come out and you'd be like holy crap take a picture and you know on the gameplay side of things it's not the most impressive thing but it was just a fun like additive thing experience to have on your console and I think playing something like Pokemon Snap again would kick up some nostalgia but I'm, the reason I haven't checked it out is because I'm just not crazy to get around to it. It looks really cool, but I'm not, I'm not like chomping at the bit to get to it. Um, so eventually I'll check it out. But it does look cool. 
It looks pretty, like surprisingly pretty, but it's also on rails. Uh, so it's it's almost like an interactive tech demo that you get to kind of experience, which is cool in its own right, but I'm just not dying to get to it. Um, a game that I really do want to check out came out in May and looks impressive. I know it's a remaster. People like this these games. I hear so many people talk about them. It's a Shimigami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD remaster. Um, looks super cool. I've heard people describe Shimigami Tensei as like an adult Pokemon RPG. So that looks really cool. I mean, it looks pretty, especially for being an HD remaster. It looks really stylized. That stuff right there where it looks like just this little icon exploring kind of like an overworld that looks a little lame that doesn't interest me too much but all of the the in-betweens like the battling system and all this stuff looks cool um i think i even saw that it was on sale you might want to check it out like if if you haven't played it and you're interested it's on sale i'm pretty sure still because it was on sale when i just looked uh, like a day or so ago. So I would check it out. It's by Atlas. Same people that make Persona. I think it may be like a prequel. I'm not sure. I've heard people talk about it very loosely. And I think Shimigami Tensei 5 came out recently. Um, so it's worth checking out. Uh, for June, I have Super Mario Golf. Um, well, Mario Golf Super Rush, I should say. That's the actual title. Um I love the Mario Golf games. It's like Mario has this weird effect that like when they make a game or a sports game, like I get interested in it. Like Mario Tennis. I'm sorry if you like tennis, but I've never once cared about tennis in any way. But Mario Tennis, I would play so much of. And same with Mario Golf. I love it. And I'm so... I'm surprised that I haven't bought this yet. Like, I don't know. Maybe I was just having a really busy summer and I just didn't get around to it. But I know people were enjoying it. And, man, I, I really do want to spend some time in Super Mario Golf. Or <laughs> Mario Golf Super Rush, I should say. I don't know why I want to keep calling it Super Mario Golf. Maybe that's a game I played when I was younger. But it just looks so cool, dude. Like, and I don't care about golf at all. I mean, I like going to Top Golf and cracking them things out to the back, but I don't, I don't get, you know, golf doesn't do anything for me in this phase in my life. I like going to play putt putt on a date, but, and I really don't care about these motion controls. But maybe similar to, um, bowling on the Wii, this will actually be cool and. I'll want to check it out. But anyway, Mario Golf Super Rush, I am really looking forward to it. Uh, or looking forward to checking it out because it's already out. I could I could buy it right now, but I'm, I'm just holding off. I'm waiting for the time to be right. And, uh, you know, this game, when I look at everything that came out in June, this is the game that stands out to me as like, man, why why didn't I play this? This is probably the best game that came out on Switch that month. What was I doing? I need to get my head on straight. And, 
you know, anybody that listened to the first episode knows the kind of the premise for this show is I've recently rediscovered the Nintendo Switch or my love for Nintendo. I've been reminded of it. And so I'm kind of re-entering into the space after taking a long time off. Uh, Basically only ever having a handheld Nintendo console or a handheld Nintendo. Yeah, they are handheld Nintendo consoles to play Pokemon. And so now I'm kind of diving back in to the rest of the games and being reminded like, oh, yeah, I loved playing that as a kid. Like what happened? And that's kind of the whole point of the show. Um, but talking about news and everything else kind of helps me get immersed in the ecosystem. And so wow, I'm just staring at this because it looks so cool. Like how they managed to make golf interesting is beyond me. But <laughs> anyway, um, the next game for July was... ha. Huh, Drop that in. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. So, Skyward Sword is a total blind spot for me. I have almost no idea what Skyward Sword is about. I know that there's like a duckbill bird or shoebill. Uh, what do they call them? It's not a pelican, but it's some kind of... It's a shoebill duck, I think is what it's called. And... I remember seeing that and then kind of being like, oh, it looks like it's in the same vein as like Twilight Princess and I'm interested in it. Um, and it may end up being the game that I play for, I finally beat for Legend of Zelda in the 3D sense. It's either going to be that or Wind Waker. It really depends on what I can get my hands on and play and whatever one speaks to me the most. It could be Breath of the Wild because I never beat it. I played it for like 60 hours and never beat it. And I love that game, but I never beat it. Just something came up and I never circled back to it. And then I ended up selling my Switch and never got to beat it. So, yeah, I do want to check this out. Sorry, I took another sip of my coffee. The ice is melting, so I got to hurry up and drink that. But it just looks it looks cool. And I think Skyward Sword was a Wii U game that I'm not sure of, you know, because I just wasn't paying attention to to, uh, Nintendo at the time. But it looks pretty. And I know it's an HD remaster, but it does look pretty for being an older game. I mean, you can still tell that it's definitely an older game, but that's the thing with Nintendo games. Even though they're older, they have this charm to them that, like, You're willing to look past it. You know, if something like this came out on Xbox and they're like, this is our new Xbox exclusive, people would be like, yo, what the fuck? But with Nintendo, it works. They get cut that slack somehow. I don't know if it's nostalgia. I don't know what it is, but uh, it does look cool. Um, The game for August is actually a sequel to a game that I'm playing right now. And that is Axiom Verge 2. Um, this looks like the game a game that's right up my alley. Like I'm starting to get really into Castlevania or Metroidvania style games. And this, especially with how much I'm enjoying Axiom Verge 1, 
this just like I'm like, oh man, the pixel art art style, the the way that it looks like they've even kind of like expanded some of the abilities and the ways that you can play. And maybe I just haven't gotten far enough in Axiom and Verge to realize that some of this stuff is there, but it looks really cool. I'm super into games like this, especially right now. So, man, out of everything I saw for August, this looked like the top tier um, game in that regard. But if you if you've played Axiom Verge and Axiom Verge Two, uh, let me know what you thought in the comments down below. And then I'll move on to September, and this is a collection that I've been meaning to get to, and I will trust me. It's uh, the Castlevania Advance Collection, and I think if I don't play Symphony of the Night for I finally beat, um, I'm gonna check out some of the advanced collection for that. Um, but maybe I'll do symphony of the night and then I'll revisit some of these because these look rad. These look so cool. And I mean, the art is beautiful. I, I don't know who it is that does that art, but I think it might be the same person that does the final fantasy stuff like the earlier on final fantasy art, but that just looked too cool. Um, for October, I feel like it's a no-brainer. I mean, anybody that is listening to this show knows how I feel about Metroid Dread. And Dread, just it's my game of the year. It's so much fun. Just watching this trailer play out, I'm like, man, I want to play Dread. It's just so good. I want to fight the bosses. I want to feel the, the, the exhilaration of being chased by an Emmy one more time. Dread is so good. Like, I can't shut up about Metroid Dread. It's just such a good game. Um, and I know that you see people on Twitter talking shit about it. They're not going to play it. They haven't played it. Or they're just saying that to get a rise out of you. That's the thing with Twitter. Like Being inflammatory gets you so far on Twitter, and I hate that about Twitter because it just encourages all of the toxic behavior of that website. But every time I see somebody just say something completely out of pocket I'm like they're just saying it so that I'll engage with the tweet like just scroll past it we we as people and Twitter users need to get better at just like ignoring stuff like that because it doesn't do us any good and Metroid is such a good beautiful game and to compare it to like Uncharted or Halo Infinite it's just ridiculous they're it's apples to oranges and it's a great game. Like, I've played both Halo Infinite, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread was the most fun. Bar none. And I know that's subjective and totally personal. But it's a contest because I'm making it one right now. But, like, it... I had so much more fun playing it. It's kind of crazy. I honestly can't believe that I feel that way. But it's true. It's how it is. From October on is when I really started to like pay more attention to, to Nintendo and kind of brought on this podcast and everything I'm doing. So the games from here on I'm pretty familiar with. Uh, December just happened to be kind of a drier month. But for November, it's Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Um, 
man, this game was a total nostalgia trip for me. And it was nice to play it and remember all of that stuff and be in that world. But it all look new and be pretty. And then also the way I played it was with all these self-imposed rules that made it a lot more difficult. And like... It's the most fun I've had with a Pokemon game in a really long time that hasn't been, like, on release. You know, I remember playing Pokemon Sword and being like, oh, this is cool, but I played it on I played it on a Switch Lite, so I didn't get to dock it, and Brilliant Diamond was the first time I played a Pokemon game on my TV since the Super Game Boy that I had in my uh, Super Nintendo and was playing, like... Pokemon Silver or uh, Pokemon Yellow on my TV and being like, wow, someday we're going to get like the real one, like something made to play on the TV. And I know for most people, Pokemon Sword and Shield was that. But to me, this is the real one. This is what it when it really had that feeling for me. Um, even when I like dock my OLED and play Sword now, it's. Yes, it's cool. Yes, the 3D world is a little bit more 3D, <laughs> for lack of a better term. But this is the one. This is what I wanted when I was like, man, someday we're going to be able to play it on the TV. The, the Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl is what I was envisioning. And so it's so cool to play it and just kind of trip out over that. And uh, I'm going to get to Shining Pearl and just play it in like a... Uh, the normal way, the way I would normally, it's probably going to be too easy, but just play through, catch everything that I want. Really probably what I'll probably end up doing is breeding on brilliant diamond, create the team that I want, trade them all over and then play through that way with a different starter. I don't think I want to do Infernape again. I might do like a hound doom fire type and or I just go like, yeah, I really I really don't know what starter I would pick. It's going to be between Turtwig or Piplup because I can't do Infernape again. But I, I just got to figure out what, if I'm going to run a grass type, what it's going to be. Is it going to be Roselia again? Or will I actually get to make it a Roserade or Roserade or however people pronounce that? But who knows? It's just so good. I could spend more time in the Grand Underground, really hunt for things, dig up fossils, have different Pokemon at my disposal, and spend more time in it, you know, not just play it to make a video, you know, because that's kind of what happened with Brilliant Diamond. I still had a great time, but that is totally what was happening there. And then for December, a game that got a bunch of nominations, and I haven't played it myself but I know people like it, um, and that's 12 minutes. It kind of seemed like the biggest game that came out on Switch um, for the month. And I would like to check it out. The only thing is, is I don't think like, if I play this game, I don't think I'm going to play it on Switch. I'll probably end up playing it with my girlfriend, which may or may not be a good idea. <laughs> but I think she would appreciate it because of you know Willem Dafoe and Daisy Ridley. She's a big like cinema buff. Um, so if I'm going to play this game, I'm going to check it out with her. And I think that's the best way we would enjoy it. Um, and I think she would probably be surprised that games are doing stuff like this 
because we ha- we're playing through The Last of Us right now, and she's like kind of blown away by the depth of the story. And I think that that's kind of how she's going to be into gaming is through the cinematic or like um, bigger stories um, that aren't just, uh, you know, she likes Super Mario World, but that's like the gameplay side of things. And so it seems like a lot of times these days there's, it's one or the other. Either you go for the cinematic experience or you go for the pure gameplay and um, maybe 12 minutes is the game to blend the two. I don't know, but it came out on switch this month um, and probably won't play it there, but I think it's cool nonetheless. Um, but that, those are my top switch games for 2021. Uh, or my favorite Switch games, like the ones that I want to get to, didn't have time for, or got to play and really enjoyed. I know most of that list is didn't get to play it, but um, I just got into Switch so late this year and really want to get immersed. So 2022 is really the year where I'm going to be in it the whole year. And um, I figured... I could not do this bit and I could save it for next year or I could go through this and start to build up a backlog for myself of things that I would like to go back and play and continue to immerse myself in the Switch ecosystem. And then that way with this year, there'll be times where I'm chipping away at a backlog and there will be times where I'm checking out the newest stuff every month and can really build this list for myself for next year and kind of display the model that I want to have with this show going forward. Um, But that was that list. And moving on to what I've been playing, uh, let's start with Super Mario Odyssey because this game held it down for me over this little break. Uh, going home or, you know, I was home, but I went to my sister's in Wilmington and was with family and there were little downtimes between, you know, people are cooking, you're just hanging out, killing time, waiting to go here, there. And the switch was perfect in that I would just like, all right, I think, I think now's the time. I think I got time to, you know, jump into this and not have to just like turn it off in 20 minutes. I can probably sit with it for 40 minutes to an hour and just, put in a solid chunk and I would like would sit my niece on my lap and just hold the switch out. And she would just watch me play super Mario Odyssey. And I was fooling around with the camera mode and just experimenting with what I could throw my hat at. And it would, would interact and do all these different things. And my niece would like, Ooh, she's like 15 months old, I think. And so she would react to it and it was a lot of fun. And I'm liking it more than I kind of thought. I've had this idea in my head about Mario games for a long time that they're not, they're not the open world game. Like it's no Ratchet and Clank, you know, like you could write it off and call it a kid's game. And I think even with something like Ratchet and Clank, you can do that. And I think it's unfair. And I think I've been being unfair to Mario games for a while now. And that 
they are fun. Like it's pure joy. Um, you know, yes, it's not, it's not, you know, insert it's, it's not horizon zero dawn, you know, but it's an open world ish experience that is fun to explore and just experiment with. And it's not super serious, you know, uh, it's just a good time. And I was just having so much fun playing it. Uh, and I can't wait to dock my switch and play it on the big screen. Like I, I was like, yes, this is fun to play in handheld mode. And it's cool that I can do this, but like this game, I want to get home. I want to play on the big screen. And I, you know, it just, man, like when I get done with this, like when my girlfriend comes over later, I'm going to be like, I know we have to record, uh, another episode of the last of us today, but let me show you Super Mario Odyssey real quick. Like, let's just play. And I'll hand her the controller and she can just have fun. Because uh, it, it's cool. It's really cool. Um, but other than that, um, I was playing Axiom Verge. I downloaded it and started playing through. And it's interesting to play it and not necessarily compare it to Metroid Dread, but kind of see the similarities and go, okay, so the things that I thought... Castlevania or Metroid style traits that people love are true. Like the things like um, you acquire new abilities and they kind of give you access to the next area. And so if you follow the kind of trail that leads you uh, or like the trail of opportunities to use that new ability, it will take you to the new areas and that's where you're supposed to go. You know, there's, there's nothing telling you directly like hey go this way but that is the way that that game communicates to you that that is where you should go and i'm seeing that with axiom verge and i'm really liking it and uh i I look forward to beating it so that way i can play axiom verge 2 and then if you know a third one ever comes out i'll be right there for launch you know um and i know that i you know i totally could have played this game on ps4 uh, I could play the new one on my PS5 or my Xbox or, you know, whatever. But this game feels appropriate to play on the Switch, even though it's multi-platform. It, it, it kind of feels like that's its home, personally. You know, I'm sure somebody out there is like, no, I played on PS4. It's a PS4 game for me. Um, that's cool. I get it. But that style, the Metroidvania-style game, I think... I'm going to save those games for Switch or Nintendo consoles unless I want to play something like Symphony of the Night and it's not available on Switch and I can't capture gameplay for it or something, you know, unless there's some reason like that where I can't. That's that's where I'm going to play that. But yeah, if you haven't checked out either of those games, uh, do it because I held out for a really long time on playing both of them and... I'm enjoying them so much. It's, uh, um, it feeds into exactly why I'm doing this podcast of like experiencing these things and working through this big backlog of Nintendo games that I just never got around to. Cause I kind of like wrote them off for a really long time in this really stupid, not, it's not a console war thing. It's not a fanboy thing it's not that Nintendo did something that I didn't like it's just for some reason I just never gave them the time of day 
after the GameCube. I know that the Wii came out and I had a hard time getting it. And I around then may have started the the bitterness and being like, oh, they just they want to force you to play in a way you don't want to, which is how I felt with the Wii. And it's how I felt with the DS to a certain extent. And I always felt like there was this weird thing going on with Nintendo games. And it seems like the Switch... Like, the Switch has a touchscreen, but not too many games I feel like make me use it. Like, almost none, because you can dock it. And so they have to consider both. And instead of forcing you to take the Joy-Cons off and use them, they're incorporating both playstyles. And I think the realization of that is what's getting me to return to this. And um, now I'm just chipping through these games, and it's a lot of fun. Um, I know that there's probably a lot of people out there that would listen to this and go, man, this guy's like ill, Ill informed, hasn't played anything on the switch. Um, I'm working on changing that. And that's the whole point of the show. So if, if you're willing to hang in there and you know, I, what I would hope is that people will listen to this and go, you've never played that. You have to play that, you know, instead of writing it off and going, oh man, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Hopefully people hear me say these things and go, they understand, well, they understand that this is what I'm embarking on and they want to chauffeur me through some of these experiences that I've missed out on. So like I've said before, I want people to write into the show. So if, if you have a suggestion, please leave it in the comments below. If there's a game you really think I should check out, let me know and I'll check it out. I promise. Um, but this week, well, moving on to the next segment, uh, it's the last segment of the show. I call it switch it up where I go onto the eShop or the, it's mostly the switch online service, but I've, I have realized recently that I'm probably going to run out of games to suggest on there unless they just start adding things like crazy. But so it's a mixture between the two. This one is on the switch online service. You would have to subscribe and it's only available through the expansion pack because it's the Sega Genesis game, but it's a game that I love. I played when I was younger, reacquired it later in life and enjoy it a lot. I think it's, I don't think I realized it was a Metroidvania at the time and it's like the weirdest take on a Metroidvania, but it's Echo the Dolphin. Uh, I'm actually wearing an Echo the Dolphin shirt right now. Uh, it was kind of like, I, I realized that the, the camera wasn't sitting or was sitting too high. So you couldn't see it the whole time. So there was no way for you to know unless you're really familiar with the drop dead clothing companies catalog from like 2011, 2012 to realize that that's the shirt I was wearing this whole time. But, uh, yeah, they did a collaboration with a bunch of like Sega games back then. And, uh, I had to get the Echo the Dolphin shirt. And so, yeah, if you haven't checked out Echo the Dolphin, you really should. It's, uh, I'll pull up the trailer right now. Um, or th this is kind of like a long play of someone playing through Echo the Dolphin. Um, but it's, uh, it's kind of like a Metroidvania style exploration game, but you're playing as a dolphin and, uh, 
you're kind of like uncovering these weird mysteries and I'll try not to spoil it too much, but you kind of just go deeper and explore these areas underwater. And it's, it's really cool. I remember like really taking to the soundtrack and kind of the idea of the game when I was younger and, uh, you know, not really being able to experience it until, cause I, I would play it at a friend's house and then I didn't have a Sega Genesis. And then somewhere I had a friend that was like, Hey, you want the Sega Genesis? And I was like, do you have Sonic the Hedgehog? And he was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, okay, cool. And he gave me that and all the games and included with it was Echo the Dolphin. And I was like, I can't believe you have this like right on. Yes. A hundred percent. How much money do you want? I'll take it, you know? Um, and got to revisit it. Um, I'm looking at the steam description for it right now. And they describe the game as life was an adventure for echo, the young dolphin. The ocean seemed endless with rolling breakers to race through at high speed. Echo could burst through the waves, leaping through the air, almost flying until one day, all of that changed a freak whirlpool of air and water tore, tore the life from echoes home, leaving echo all alone. Now he must fight to stay alive while traversing the vast ocean in search of clues that will help him save his family and return them to the bay. It's a really cool game. Surprisingly cool. Deep. Great soundtrack. Um, check it out. It's uh, If you have the Switch Online expansion pack, um, you may not have the Sega Genesis controller that they sold because I think they sold out pretty quick, but give it a shot because it is it's cool you you may enjoy it um i was surprised that i took to it when i was a kid like now when i look back i'm like wow i can't believe i was so into echo the dolphin as a kid um and it's the original which is cool because i I think there was like a 360 version that was not really echo the dolphin uh I think it may have been 3D. I can't I can't remember why I was like that's not Echo the Dolphin uh back then, but it's cool, dude. It's really rad. Anyway. Uh that was episode two of Me, Myself, and I, a Nintendo podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you enjoy the show, you can show your support by simply following the show on your podcast service of choice. Uh, subscribe to Hitbox Detective on YouTube where I upload the video part of the podcast. And um, yeah, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Hitbox Detective. Uh, that's where you can like get little updates on what I'm working on. Uh, if you're into the videos that I make, uh, um, you'll see me be like, ooh, the script is written. Ooh, I've just recorded the VO. Gonna uh, edit the video of... Uh, tomorrow you know you can get all of the live updates and uh i also retweet news as things come along so you can kind of stay in the know uh without having to subscribe to all of these media outlets and everything um and just every now and then i'll tweet about my life (laughs) i it's mostly video game related um and again if you would like to write into the show with questions comments or concerns you can do so by emailing me at me, myself, and I dot pod at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on a YouTube video or tweet at me at hitbox detective. I really want to start answering and like answering questions and add a segment just dedicated to feedback and 
cool questions, recommendations, anything like that. So please do not hesitate to write in. Um, well, that's it. Again, thank you again for your support. Thank you for listening. Uh, take care of yourselves and remember, leave luck to the heavens. Thank you.